live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And let me tell you something. I am very, very excited about today's show. Uh, today on the show, we have someone that I've, a long time ago, I spent a lot of time with this person. Um, but I haven't had a lot of time to spend with him uh, since we stopped working together, which was so weird to say this out loud, but closer to 20 years than to 15 years uh, ago, which is crazy. Um, he was my one of my favorite people that worked at PC Connection. I worked at PC Connection for about five years. Um, and he always had the best sense of humor. Uh, great attitude, sharp as a tack. Uh, maybe, it, honestly, the best example uh, ever uh, of how a positive outlook can make all the difference. Um, you know, while myself and many others, you know, who worked with him, uh, called him Shooky, uh, his name is Steve LaShook, and I would like to welcome him to the No Outlet Podcast. Welcome, Steve. Wow, that's what an introduction. Thank you very much. I don't know about sharp as a tack. <laughs> We're talking about me, right? We're talking okay. about you. Okay, I'm going to go with it. All right, cool. This is awesome. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> so, so, Mr. LeShook, we're going to play a game, and the game's called 20 Questions, and it always starts in the exact same way, and that's with question number one. Question number one, do you believe in Bigfoot? No. No. I, I think they would have they would have found some evidence or some every time they find a little piece of hair and then they get it tested years later it turns out it's bear or deer or from a beaver. Yep. So I don't yeah. Goddamn beaver hair always fucking things up. <laughs> beaver beaver hair man that's the worst. It is the worst. You know and <laughs> and I don't know I you know every once in a while I'll find myself you know flipping around the channels and there are these people out there that are just so into Bigfoot and believe it. And they go out and they make these Bigfoot calls and, you know, tape record it. And it's like, man, of all the things to spend your time looking for, I, I feel like there's things that are much better spent than looking for Bigfoot. Yeah, but. I know. It's pretty sad. And pretty funny. There's one guy that howls into the woods and then they listen for a minute and it's uh, comical. Right. You know, it's like, okay, that didn't do it. Uh, make the last syllable a little bit more weird when you when you say it. <laughs> do it a little bit louder. Um, all right. So, listen, like I mentioned, we worked together. We worked at PC Connection, uh, Dover location. Um, we had a lot of fun. I mean, I, I look back at, you know, the last 20, 25 years of me working in corporate America and I feel like that group of people in the Dover office was among my favorite work environments um, because we just always were having a blast. So I'm curious to know from somebody who was there from the beginning, and I, I think you're still at PC Connection, but over at Pease, right? Yes, but I've been working from home for right. just over a year now, but yeah, I'm still there. Sure. So it, let's talk specifically about the Dover location. What was your... What was maybe not your like best memory, but what was a fond memory that you had of something that we did there in, in Dover? I think when I dressed up like Duncan the inebriated leprechaun. <laughs> Holy shit, I forgot all about that. Oh my god. 
Oh, Jesus and, uh, Christ, Steve. People still talk about that, how I jumped up on the table and on a box of Lucky Charms cereal and how I was like serial killer and I'm, cereal was going everywhere. and Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, my God. You know what's – the best thing about that, I honestly had forgotten all about that. I don't know if you could do that nowadays. Yeah, with the uh, the way everybody's very sensitive, yeah. I, I doubt. Yeah. I don't I know, it. but God, that was great. So here's another PC Connection question. How many different positions have you had? Because you've been there, I mean, it's got to be close to 20 years or over yeah, 20 I think, years. I think this March 15th, it was uh, 22 years. Damn. Yeah. Good for you. I know. Time flies. So 22 years. How many different uh, actual titles have you had? I think, well, that really mm, probably four, I oh. think, because corporate sales. Yep. And then I did this weird um, customer service slash sales support role. And then, um, let's see, in, no, wait, and then inbound first of all. Sorry. I was going to say, I, I thought you were inbound, yep. Yeah, inbound. Then that weird, that weird thing for a while, for a few months. And then corporate sales. And then, um, then now I'm in this operation sales support role that I've been in for the majority of the time. Actually. I was going to say, you were there back in nine, nah, 2003, 2004, maybe. Yep. Right around there. Oh, wow. That's that's cool. So that's the place. And that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is, I don't even know if you guys still use it. This is going back a ways. But how many accounts have you tagged in J.D. Edwards? Oh, my gosh. Millions. Millions and millions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys still have J.D. Lord. Edwards? Huh? Is it still is JD Edwards still a thing? Do you guys still have that? I they they did switch over to a new program, and I actually missed parts of uh, JD Edwards, but this yeah. this is pretty slick what we're working on now. It's it, it's pros and cons, you know, but yeah, it's always it, some not so fun learning a new thing, but once you got the hang of it, it's it's going well. It's going pretty good. Cool. But yeah, JDE, my goodness, millions, millions of accounts. Yeah, yeah. I was always uh oh can you tag this? Can you untag this? Can you retag this? <laughs> God damn it. Um all right, so let's shift gears a little bit. You I was always so jealous of this car you had. You had this badass blue uh convertible that was this monster boat and it was just such a cool vehicle. They don't make cars like that anymore. Do you still have that car? Yeah, it's not in the best shape. It's got a lot of rust in the trunk. It's a 1975 Delta 88 Royale convertible. It's light blue, white interior, white convertible top, 350 rocket, 400 transmission. And since I'm a, I'm a smaller little guy, you know, and uh, they see me get out of the car, mm-hmm. like say if I'm in a parking lot and I go into a store, I've I've come out and people have actually, you know, walked up to the car to think, is there a is there a bigger person driving this huge car than that little guy? <laughs> like, how did he do that? How's he? What's going on in there? Oh god. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I when I first saw that car and saw you driving, I'm like, whoa! Like, that's you know, how is he doing that? And obviously, you had the the things on the steering wheel. But then I was just like, okay, that's the kind of car where I would buy a garage just to put that car in the winter so that I could. So I could have that car. I mean, it's just such a killer automobile. What? I'm sorry. Give me the name of the car one more time. It's an Oldsmobile yeah. Delta 88 Delta Royale. 88. Thank you. Yeah, 1975. But as a matter of fact, a few years ago, um, I bought a 2012 black on black on black uh, Camaro 
Rally Sport. And that thing is mean. Mm. I mean, I love that car. So you're, yeah, so you're obviously a, you're a car guy. Yeah, yeah, and I like convertibles. So I'm not a major car guy, but I I know what I like, and I do like convertibles. And this car's got a lot of power. I can't believe I haven't got a ticket yet, but there it's coming. Oh, you know what though? If somebody can get out of a ticket, it's going to be you, brother. <laughs> You'll be able to get out of it. All right, so let's talk about your last name. Um, it's pronounced Lashuk. Um, but I can imagine, I'm not going to spell it for the people in my audience. You should see there's a crowd of people here listening. I'm not going to spell it for them, but, uh, I will in a second, but I'm wondering what's the worst that somebody has butchered your last name? Oh, geez. I remember we were selling, uh, one of our houses in, well, anyway, and, and I remember we got a letter from a real estate agent mm-hmm. and it said, Mr. and Mrs. LaFuck. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> And, and of course, it's always like if people try to pronounce it, it's like I love shook because there's an H before an L. And mm-hmm. I had this one, I had this one girl that I used to work with say, uh, she's like, how do you spell that? And I, I said it, and then the H before the L, and then I pronounced it with just Lashuk, and I guess it evolved so that you know you didn't have to go Lashuk or whatever. And and uh, she goes, so you have a soft H now, and I quickly said. There's nothing soft about me. What are you talking about? I'm a rock baby. <laughs> so wait a minute, though. Have I been pronouncing it wrong? Isn't it Lashuk? It is Lashuk, but okay. I, I think when my my grandfather got off the boat from Ukraine, okay. he probably said Lashuk, and it kind of evolved to, you know, get rid of that. Well, that was my next question: was what nationality the name is? So it's Ukrainian. Yep. Oh, Ukrainian. that's cool. So you're a sleeper cell, basically. Yeah, don't tell anybody. I won't. No, no one. Don't worry. Nobody hears this, so no one's gonna know. <laughs> All right. So speaking of driving a car, so let's say, and I, you know, you used. I think you used to drive. You used to have a pretty good drive from from Dover. I want to say it was like thirty minutes home, maybe a little bit more. Maybe uh, yeah, not. about that. Yeah, when I lived in Middleton. Now, now I live in Wolfboro, so if I had to go to work, it's it's about an hour down and an hour back. Okay. So let's just say you had to make that drive. What do you, what's your favorite like driving music when you're driving that big beautiful car of yours? What are you listening to? Um, it's a it's usually a, a the morning show. Can I say it? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. The morning uh, Greg and the morning buzz on WHEB. I usually listen to that on the way down. It keeps me company. Yeah, no, they've been on the airways. So Greg Kretschmar, he was 1981 or two. He was uh, just starting off with HEB, and he used to do movie reviews, and he called himself Greg the Hammer Kretschmar. <laughs> and and he went through all these different people in the morning show lineup, and then he finally... Remember when it was Greg and Courtney? Remember that? No, oh, that was a long time ago. Oh, I remember yeah, when yeah. I first started listening to... I think Jean Marie yep. was there. This was before Laura. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, uh, so Courtney, the reason why I bring her up, she, I grew up with her, Courtney Netto, uh, sisters of my good friend Jay Netto, and she's somebody who worked her way. She was giving away popsicles at Hampton Beach for HEB, got into the morning show, and that's when that show really took off because they had who's that guy, Steve Cantera, yeah. um, and then they got ro- then Roadkill came around and Andy Blacksmith, and it's just, I mean, talk about longevity. That show has been a fixture in the Seacoast and Manchester areas of, of New Hampshire for, my God, 30 years? 
at least. Maybe yeah. more. All right, yeah, so you listen but, to the morning buzz. Uh, good choice. Um, what's the drunkest you've ever been? Oh, my goodness. Mm. <laughs> I got close to death, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! You're gonna you're gonna make me like give myself an aneurysm here. Jesus. Okay, that's a funny answer, and I think I'd have to say the same for myself. Close to death. Good lord. At least the next yeah. day, you feel like you deserve to maybe uh, not be on the planet anymore, or be surprised that I'm still alive. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, are are you uh, are you vaccinated yet? Not yet. No. no. Do you have an appointment? Are you planning on it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in a huge hurry. I, uh, I mean, at this far, and uh, yeah. you know, I'm a little nervous, but um, mostly because you know, the like, my parents are in their 80s, and so yeah. for that reason, yeah. So yeah, no, I hear you. Have your parents been vaccinated? Um, I think my mom is going to, and my dad's planning on, but I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah. Same with my mom. She hasn't yet, but she's planning on. It. I'm with you, buddy. I mean, I, I will eventually have to get it done because. My company that I work for, they're not really no one. They're not mandating it, but they're basically saying, "Hey, you really should." And I do a lot of travel, and I get the feeling that before too long, in order to get on a plane, if you want to go to Europe or if you want to get on a plane and want to go to really anywhere, you know, having a vaccination is going to be. I don't know if it's going to be a requirement, but it's going to make things a hell of a lot easier. So I just yeah. feel like I'm going to have to do it at some point. Hey, um, you were, I was trying to, I was telling this to my daughter just the other night. She remembers you. She's, believe it or not, she's 26 now, um, which is crazy wow. to think about. But um, I told her that you were going to be on the podcast and she was like, oh my God, that's the guy who's famous. He's been in that, he's been in movies. And I said, I don't, I don't think he has been in any movies. She goes, no, 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 he is. He's famous. He was the one that was going to do all the short videos of him doing stunts and stuff like that. And do you remember, like, you were so far ahead of the curve. You had the idea you were going to make, like, short little videos of you doing, you know, different kind of things like playing football and going swimming. Remember all that shit? Yes. Yes, I do. And I should have done that. <laughs> I know because... Like, and that was before Tick. That was when YouTube had just, just started. I'm talking like that year, maybe a year earlier. And like I said, you always had a great sense of humor. So you were talking, we were talking about it. And I must have told my daughter, who at the time was, you know, six or seven, that, oh, you know, I've got this friend at work and you might make these videos. And it's such a funny idea. So she, in her six or seven year old brain, hung on to that information 20 years later. She was like, oh, yeah, he's famous. He's been in movies. And uh, oh, awesome. I had to break it to her that you hadn't been in any movies yet. But there's there's still time. There's still time. Well, now I think about TikTok, right? And I feel like you were so ahead of the curve. Like, you were thinking about Vines and TikToks 10 years before there was even uh, anything like that online. Yeah, I wish I, I you know... Hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I could turn back time and do all those little skits that I. Uh, but it never, it never seemed to to come around. I guess maybe I didn't have the right people around me. I guess, but yeah, I look back and because uh, I, I did some funny skits for uh, different companies, including you know PC Connection, and that was a a great time. Yeah. And then 
Um, this was probably just over 10 years ago. Uh, I, I did a, um, they had a, a stand-up comic competition. We each had two minutes. I think there was like eight of us. And uh, I won first place. And everybody's like, oh, you ought to pursue that. And, you know, just life happens. And, you know, I, I was married and I have a son myself and yeah. just busy with life. And, but yeah, man, I wish I did. I, I'd probably be a millionaire now. How, how is your yeah. son doing? He's doing great. Uh, he just graduated last year, and uh, he went into the Navy. He's on the oh, that's awesome. Uh, air, yeah, aircraft carrier, uh, the Truman, down in Virginia. Yeah, right now. yeah, very He's cool. Doing good. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks. That's Real really proud cool. Of him. Yeah, I bet you are. That's really cool. Um, okay, uh, here's uh, here's I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. So. You were always, uh, we, we love to talk about movies and different scenes in movies. <clears throat> and one of the movies that we both appreciated back then, and I still, I would watch it right now if it was on, is a movie by uh, Martin Scorsese called Goodfellas. Oh my gosh, yes, yep. And you used to, you used to do a Robert De Niro impersonation. <laughs> there, was a couple of, there was a couple of scenes that you kind of had, you nailed it. And I'm wondering if, uh, for for the betterment of humanity, really, but more specifically the people listening, if you could give me your best Robert De Niro in person impersonation from the movie Goodfellas. Uh, see, I don't know about Robert De Niro. It's more Joe Pesci. Okay. Well, give me a Joe Pesci yeah. then. Well, because I remember that scene during Goodfellas where he was sitting in the, in the lounge of uh, that restaurant and he was telling a story, and the guy's like, "Man, you're a funny guy." And he's like, "No, no, you you said I'm funny. How am I funny? You you you, you said that I'm funny anyway. So I can't I can't do it. I'm on the spot." <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll help you out. the The scene that I was talking about that we always used to think was the greatest was, um, when they were talking about they were in the bar, not the scene you're talking about, but a different bar before they they killed that made guy, right? Spoiler yeah. alert, if you hadn't seen Goodfellas, I just ruined it. It's a 20-year-old movie, so get over yourself. So they were in that they were in that bar, and the guy's like, hey, look, he's coming. Up. And Robert De Niro goes, ah, you were coming after him a little bit. Just a little bit. A little bit. A little, little bit. A little bit. You did. You come after him a little bit there, a little bit. <laughs> and you him a little bit. And you'd, come, you'd be coming by my <laughs> office. You'd poke your head and just say, ah, I did a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that now. Yeah. you got to remember, it was 20 years ago for me, too, and I've yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's happened a lot. Yeah, but you're sharp so, uh, as a tack. You you heard me that's say it right, earlier. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Hey, listen. Yeah. What can you tell the audience and listeners about uh, selling for Amway? Selling for Amway. Good Lord. Um, I think it. Uh, the the people in Amway. It, the the way it's. You know, it, there's a lot of positivity, and there was a lot of positive books that you know with the average person can even if you're not in a multi-level networking business and uh but I, I, it was it was harder than it than it seemed you know because you're you got to go into people's houses you know and then like you know i'm a little guy and i got to worry about some big dog jumping on me or little big flights of stairs and snow and it's I mean, it didn't work out that well as far as making a lot of money but i think it helped me in life because, uh, you know, you have all the, the big powwows all over the country that I went to and the, yeah. and the sales meetings and learning how to sell or how to apply yourself or talk to somebody. Uh, it was kind of, it's always a positive thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, overall it was. But I uh, never really made a lot of money at it. <laughs> so, but you did it, I mean, you did it for 
a little bit, right? I mean, you were more than a year? No, that was a few years I did it. I, I remember so. yeah. I went to, like, every monthly meeting, and there were the big powwows in, uh, like, Massachusetts and Ohio, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. So, yeah, there, there was, like, we would fly out or drive out with a car full of people, you know, and this was back in, like, the, what, the late 80s, early 90s, probably. So, mm. yeah, a lot of fond memories, <clears> but like I said, uh, you got to really work hard, you know what I mean, and connect with the right people. and yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, any anything you're involved with, whether it's good or bad or somewhere in the middle, you can always take something away from it. And it's it's I think what you said, you nailed it. So I never did Amway, but right out of college in 92, um, I was just about to start my own business, but I hadn't quite done it yet. And I worked for a company for a very short period of time called Primerica. And Primerica, yeah, heard you've heard of Primerica. Yeah. So they're basically... They're the exact same model as Amway. The only difference is instead of selling the products that Amway sells, they sell, you know, life insurance and they re they'll mortgage your, you know, they'll do refinancing and all kinds of like, you know, CDs and money markets and hedge funds and all that weird stuff. And I remember doing it just because they needed to do something uh, that was business related and there was no jobs. So I did it for like six months and I just remember thinking, my God, this is like it's borderline cultish and they're they're wanting me to like you know talk to all of my best friends and family and get them into this but at, when i was done doing it to your point like you said you learned how to talk and how to sell and how to get you know be in a room of people and communicate and you can take something positive away from everything and i feel like that that experience for me kind of did the same thing it was kind of like oh okay this is this is how to read a room this is how to see what's going on and, the, and even just give a presentation in front of a group of people uh, it was helpful. So um, hats off to you for doing it for a couple of years. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, uh, there's a few people that are in my upline, downline, sideline that are still really, really good friends to this day. And, uh, you know, I actually had lunch uh, just like a month and a half ago with uh, with a friend that I met through Amway. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of good people still. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. Wh we're going to get a little bit deep here. Okay. So, oh boy. yeah, it, it, don't worry. It's not a long question. It's just, you know, it's when you have to give a little bit of thought to. Um, do the ends justify the means? Do the ends justify the means? And I'll give you an example to kind of make it an easier question to answer. So uh, let's say that you had a time machine and you could go back and you had the opportunity to go back and uh, eliminate baby Hitler, Right. So you go back in time, you find baby Hitler, he's gone, there is no Nazi party, there is no Third Reich, there is no, you know, Holocaust and five million Jews die and all that stuff, but you have to kill a baby, right? So in that case, the, the ends are that you save five million plus, I mean, probably more like 50 million if you add all the war casualties in, but you save all those lives, you eliminate this evil being on the planet, but you've got to kill a baby, those are the, that's the, the means, so in a general sense, not using that specific example, but in a general sense, do the ends justify the means? Hmm. I guess if you knew beyond a doubt that the outcome was going to be so much more positive than how it actually was, then, then yes. But yeah. the thing that would be more difficult is no one would ever know how devastating and how awful a situation was because it never happened. So... 
Yeah, I, I think there was a a movie. What was it called? Uh, the Dead Zone with Christopher Walken. Yeah, he could touch you and see your future, and and he had this conflict. Do I? I don't want to. Ruin, do I? Can I ruin the movie? <laughs> yes, you can. That, that movie is so old. It's got to be in the eighties, yeah. right? Yeah, you can. Anything that's in the eighties, you can ruin. Go ahead. Well, I guess he, he would shake your hand or, or t- touch you and then see your future. And there was a guy running for president, and he had, a, and all of a sudden, when he shook his hand, he had a vision of this guy being really crooked and, and pushing the button and destroying the, half the planet, I guess. And so and then he was, you know, had this major conflict: do I, do I take him out? Do I assassinate him before he's president so that this never happens? And right. So yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah. So you would say the ends do justify the means. I guess in the cases that we just said, yeah. I like that. Okay. I've asked that, just so, just so you know, I've asked that question on not all, but most of the episodes, and I've got a range of answers. I've got hardline no, never. I've got absolutely yes, and then I've got some shades of gray, which is most people, which is, and really, your first answer is the most common, which is if you absolutely knew that what you were going to do was going to be a bigger positive outcome than what you had to do to do it then yes. Um, but the problem is that you probably, as you're going through life, right, nobody has, unfortunately, nobody's like Christopher Walken and can touch somebody and tell what's going to happen. So the, you know, the people that were in the middle usually end up saying something like, well, it's more about the journey and doing the right thing as you're progressing as opposed to getting to a goal no matter what it takes. Because the other, the flip side of that coin is, okay, well, if the ends are me being, you know, super successful and I've got to go, you know, rob a bank or, or do something terrible. It's like, or, or cheat somebody out of money. Right. Then obviously in that, in that situation where it's a selfish uh, endeavor, then it wouldn't clearly justify the means. Right. I agree. Like yeah. if they said like, um, like if you had this box and you push the button and somebody on the other side of the world would die, but you would get a hundred thousand dollars, but you'd never know who that person was. That's a movie too. Oh, is it really okay? Yeah, I think I, I, I think it's called like I think it's called the box. Um, oh wow! And it was pretty good, and it was almost exactly what you just said, except it was more than a hundred thousand. It was like a wish or a million bucks. I forget, but that was yeah. That that's what you just said exactly. Um, okay, hey, have you ever gotten into like were you ever into video games? Were you like an Xbox or a PlayStation guy? Oh, PlayStation. My son and I used to play a lot. Yeah, what was the game? I think, um, I can't remember the name. The, the guy invented three games, and one was Eco. What about this uh, kid that was uh, locked up in this castle? And So that was a really good game. And then Shadow of the Colossus was another one where you destroy these gigantic uh, earth creatures okay. and, uh, in order to save your girlfriend or raise her from the dead because she's dead. Yeah, yeah. That was another good one. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything... Like Spyro back in the day, like in PlayStation One came out, and Double O Seven, and I'm trying to think, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's that? Uncharted. Uncharted was a good one because my son and I used to play that a lot, and all the neighborhood kids would come over, and we'd all take turns, and it's like watching a movie. The newer video games are, you know. So that is so true. So first of all, I've got a confession to make. I wanted so bad to be able to play. My son had an Xbox. Um, and you know, before when he had like, you know, the GameCube and the, <clears throat> some other game that was easier to control, like 
closer to a joystick. You know, his dad was able to play along. But the minute we went to a an Xbox controller, I was <laughs> I was out. Like I couldn't do it. I mean, I I I like to think of myself as somewhat coordinated, but I could not use that goddamn controller. So I ended up watching him play, which sounds stupid, but it was actually entertaining. And now there's whole industries on streaming people that are really good at playing video games. Like, what's that website? Twitch? Twitch is just nothing but people playing video games and getting paid millions to have people watch them play, which is nuts to think about. But I remember my son used to sit in a chair with uh, his phone and then a Galaxy and then the TV on, and it would all be different videos of different games that he would be watching other people play. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so is it more fun to watch people play games? And then, but you know, he, he was learning as he went, I guess, or like hard situations in a game. But uh, I tried to play Call of Duty with him a few times, and I just I can't get the hang of it. I just get destroyed, and it's <laughs> yeah. No, that that was me. I wasn't right with you. It was just you know typical dad trying to use an Xbox controller. It did not work. Um, okay, what is uh, the funniest? It doesn't have to be a, a good movie, uh, but what's the funniest movie? The movie that's made you laugh the hardest ever. And I and I've got an answer that has to do with a conversation that you and I had many moons ago about this topic. Oh boy, that's a tough one. There's so many funny ones, and I know. And, it, and it depends on what kind of mood you're in, or and who you watch them with. Kind of think, boy. I like the silly, funny, like, um, like um, Night at the Roxbury or Wedding Crashers. Yep. Like Will Will Ferrell is one of my. He's the funniest guy, and he can do just about anything. Yep. Uh, well, let me give you a boy. hint. You're 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 very warm to the movie that I've got written down here. Okay. I don't know it. It's got to be. I don't know. You're so. See, I'm drawing a blank. There's just too many of them. All right. So, you you actually, I, I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan too, and you were one of the first people to point out this movie to me. Uh, it's a movie called Old School. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one. And I've seen it like 75 times now and it's a million years old and everyone's like, well, that's not a, you know, it's nothing new. But And it wasn't. But back then you were like, the way you pitched it to me was, you said, there was a scene where I laughed so hard that I think I broke a rib. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, yeah, I did. Yeah. it was the blow dart. It was the uh, dart gun scene. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta watch this movie. So I... I bought it, I brought it home, and I watched it, and no joke of a lie, like, when that scene came up, I found myself, like, almost at a stroke on the ground, just dying. Couldn't control myself. And now, to this day, even when that scene's on, I'll still laugh. Not that hard, but it, it still gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's like, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a classic. Classic. Um, how much of a difference does attitude make? I think it's huge. You know, you just, if you're positive, everything seems to flow a little easier, work a little better. And uh, if you're expecting a, a good outcome, more than likely you, you're, the odds are you'll probably get there. Um, 
Yeah, hope and attitude. Yeah, hope and attitude. That's it. I- so and and we can edit this out if you don't want me to put it on the podcast. But would you mind explaining your what your condition is to people? Because you keep calling yourself a little guy, and I think that that's kind of skirting around the issue a little bit. And uh, you've always been open oh, about sure. it, yeah. Sure, it's called osteogenesis imperfecta, mm-hmm. or the brittle bone disorder, or brittle bone disease. Yep. And um, people can go online. It's uh, I think it's uh. O-I-F dot org. It stands for Osteogenesis Imperfecta Foundation dot org mm-hmm. if they want to learn more about it. And uh, you're born with it. It's it's something that's in the genes in your dad or mom or both. And um, I could have passed it on to my son, but luckily I didn't. So he does not have the brittle bone disorder. Yeah. But um, it causes your bones to break easier. And there's different levels of it. There, there are some people that really can't even brush their hair quickly or their arm would break. And there are other people that can walk around and you would never know they have it. They've just broken a lot of bones in their in their lifetime. Or eventually they get checked and they say, hey, you know, you have a, a mild case of OI. So uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle somewhere. So I'm, I'm kind of lucky I get to drive and move around and I can take care of myself, which is great. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I mean, thank yeah. you for explaining that. And, you know, I just, for whatever it's worth, I always, and I said this a little bit at the beginning of the show, but... I always admired you so much because there's so many friggin' whiners out there in the world that, you know, uh, have have so much uh, going for them, and they may, and they just they find the stupidest shit to complain and bellyache about. And you're somebody who literally does not let anything get in their way. And I I always I loved having you on the team because you brought a spirit to that office that was not only infectious and everybody could feel it. But you you had the best attitude of anybody, and you could make an argument that you had the most you know challenges in front of you just from a day to day perspective. I mean, you know, and and the fact that you you know you got married, you had a kid, he's off in the navy, graduated high school, um, you're still the same. I mean, talking to you now, Steve, it's like you're the same guy you were 20 years ago. And so, hats off to you for for being truly a shining example of. The power of positive thinking, the power of not putting obstacles in your way. I mean, you, you've always been someone that I've admired for that reason. And I just want to say it's, it's really impressive. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. yeah I really uh, appreciate that. Now, with that yeah. being said, uh, how much do you bench? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. You'd be surprised. I can't push myself too much. My arm would break. But... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, all right. So, uh, another question about, you know, obviously with the land of COVID, you're working from home and, um, you like humor, you like, you know, to be entertained. What's the, cause I find myself, like I said earlier, sometimes I'll just be flipping around and, uh, you know, find the stupidest shows. And sometimes my daughter, and she's going to listen to this, she's going to hate me for saying it, but she's such a smart person. You know, but she's got the worst taste in TV ever. Like, you know, 90 Day Fiance, um, all those stupid, like My Thousand Pound Life, all those stupid shows that I can't even believe they're actually TV shows. She loves them. So do you have any, like, guilty pleasure, like uh, a TV show that is funny but kind of stupid at the same way that you just want to zone out, not think about work, not think about anything, and just enjoy something? What would be that show for you? 
Well, I, it, sometimes if I if I watch too much news or I start thinking about what was going on in the last year, especially, yeah. you know, and I get tell the anxiety coming up a little bit. So I just I put it on DIY or HGTV, and I I watch them tear down a kitchen wall and say, I don't know, it needs to be a support beam here. It's going to be an extra two grand. That's yeah. a, that's a little less stressful, and uh, yeah. So I watch a lot of HGTV, mostly, you know, mostly. I like that one. Do you ever watch the one where they're they are specifically looking for a house on like an island. I think it's called Beach Beach Oh, Pie. Beachfront Properties. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That's not. A, yeah, that's, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's not as good because, like you said, the other one's more like, here's a house that needs to be fixed. Let's fix it. And the other one's like, you know, pretentious people that you know are way too entitled, walking around an island, you know, complaining a house isn't big enough for them. So. <laughs> All right, so we're down yep. to the, the last two questions. Okay. All right. Um, first, second to last question is, give me uh, the Mount Rushmore of vices for you. So Mount Rushmore, picture of, you know, on the side of a mountain, four presidents. You can pick four things. And the vices can be anything. The vices can be candy. The vices can be beer, alcohol. It can be a food. It can be a TV show. It can be anything, really. Um, but there are four things that maybe aren't the best for you, like a hamburger or whatever, but you could pick four things that you just consider your four vices, um, that, you know, you enjoy, but aren't probably the greatest for everything. Hmm. I'd probably say margaritas, mojitos, dark and stormies. (laughs) (laughs) Just four cocktails. And there's one more in there. Uh... Yeah, probably like with COVID, you know, I, I do like to settle down with, uh, you know, one margarita. Let's try not to get too carried away. So maybe, I don't call it a vice, maybe, but uh, probably not the best. Alcohol is uh, not good for you, but I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, hey, look, you can have you know, four, you can have four cocktails up there, dude. That's it's fine with me. Yeah, uh, you know, I try to stay away from because it's really easy to just go get a bunch of frozen pizzas. So I'm, yeah. I, you know what I mean. I try, I try to eat healthy you know and every once in a while i'll grab a uh, frozen pizza or something that's not good or you know a bag of fried chicken or you know i just pop in the toaster oven or whatever but uh so maybe some bad food here and there yeah yeah i like that so margaritas dark and stormy mojitos and frozen chicken and pizza yeah, I guess that would have to be it. Yeah. All right, so that's five, but that's okay. I'm going to let you have an extra one because <laughs> I appreciate the explanation. All right, so let's talk about margaritas for a second. Is there, because I'm a big margarita guy myself, and I recently in the last six, well, no, I guess it's not that long. Maybe just, I'm not going to give a time period, but recently I've tried to only drink, you know, on the weekends, right, and just try to chill out during the week. Um, but when I do drink, I like to have a very specific cocktail, which is a certain type of margarita. When, with your margaritas, are you that particular or are you just like, Hey, let's make a margarita, make it simple. Or do you have like a tequila that you like and a lime juice that you like? Like, how do you make it? Well, I like, um, like Jose Cuervo or Patron Silver Yep. or, uh, but I, that's kind of expensive. So I was drinking, um, I think it's Milagro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I, yeah. Yeah, I get the bottle that's taller than me. It's like three and a half feet tall and got to wrestle it when I, anyway, so, uh, and then instead of triple sec, 
Yeah. I put like th- three quarters of an ounce of Patron Orange. Yes. It's smoother, and I think it's better than Triple Sec. I don't even know what it's you know what's in Triple Sec. And then I use um you know the Simply uh, Lime Aid you get at the grocery store. Yeah. Yep. Well, I start off with a real lime, and then uh, squeeze it in, and then uh, like three quarters of an ounce of the Patron Orange, two ounces of at least a kilo that's 100% agave, and yeah. then top it off with the the Simply Limeade, and then uh, give it a shake, and it's just perfect. That's the way I like it. I dig that, dude. That is great. So you're using two different types of, of lime in that you're using actual lime juice and also what was the name of it that's also lime? Um, well, it's, it's the Simply Lime Aid. Simply Lime they have the Aid. Sim- Okay. Yeah, they have like simply lemonade, simply orange. It's uh, simply, and then like Newman's Own has a has a limeade, but it seems to be more sugar in the Newman's Own, so I don't get that one. That's cool. So I, I love. So obviously you have experimented. So I'm just going to share with you. If you're looking to try a different type, I'm with you on the agave. So there is a really good, and it's only in New Hampshire. You can find it on the 95. Um, you can find it in any New Hampshire liquor store. It's called. Uh, Jaja, I think it's pronounced Haha. It's J A J A. And okay. if I only I bought it by accident once because they were out of Casamigos, which I think on the rocks there's nothing better than that. But they didn't have it, so I had to, there was a bottle right next to it. it said Jaja. I'm like oh, that looks that looks fine. It was like thirty five bucks, which it was like half the price of you know the the more expensive kind. So Jaja Reposado. It's a hundred percent agave. It's it's killer. That with, instead of triple sec, you can use uh, Cointreau, which is French uh, orange liqueur. Because triple sec is just orange liqueur, but it's like shit. But if you get like real orange liqueur, like either Grand Marnier or Cointreau, then you use a half of a lime. So load up on the lime juice um, and a little bit of pineapple juice in there too. Just a little bit, a little bit, just like De Niro. A little bit. Little bit, little bit. and little uh, bit. give that a shake over some ice, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it at all. Oh, that sounds awesome. I, you know what? I don't think I meant to say Jose Cuervo. I meant to say Don Julio. Okay. Yeah, you said – it was funny because you said Jose Cuervo and then Patron. I'm like, well, those are two totally different classes, but – Yeah, sorry. I was trying to think of one I would never drink and versus one – yeah. Yeah, Cuervo is nothing but trouble, man. That is – that's just – your night's going to go bad if you start with Cuervo. No, it was um, Don Julio. See, I got my mind. Yeah, that's good. So. All right, we're down to the last question. Um, and this is probably the toughest question of all. And and I know that I'm heavy on the on certain topics, but uh, I, I'm a, I love art of all kinds. I love art in the form of pictures. I love art in the form of music. Uh, I love art in the form of movies and TV. I think that there's artistic expression all around us. And so my question to you, the last one is, what's your favorite TV show of all time? So you can go back to the Brady Bunch days when we were kids. You can go even like right now, anything in between. Just the show, it doesn't have to be the most critically acclaimed show or even a show that was around for a long time. But the show that brought you the most like joy, just like, oh, yeah, it's that show. I like to watch the show. And that show is what? Man, these questions. I, I wish you gave me these questions a week ago, and then I could think about it. Yeah, but, but then uh, it would be too it, too manufactured that way. I like the I like the rawness. I like the organic Lashuk, you know? 
Yeah, the raw, the raw shucky. The raw shucky. <laughs> and by the way, I don't give anybody the questions beforehand, so you're not alone. No, I know, I know. No, it's good. I'm just trying to think, because, uh, my goodness. Hmm. Well, because it's interesting, because, you know, as a kid, yep. I would really look forward to, like, I remember being a little kid watching, like, the ha- the, ha- the the happy days. Yeah, and then yeah, then later it was um, Dukes of Hazard and the Incredible Hulk, and then the I even watched the the Love Boat and Fantasy Island on Saturday. Fuck yeah, nights. absolutely. Yeah, so, but then as you get older, there was other TV shows. And while you're thinking, I'll kind of fill this fill the air for you a little bit. The I, I think the coolest thing about TV back then, and I watched all those shows: The Love Boat, Fantasy Island, you know, The Six Million Dollar Man, all that shit. All those shows were cool because back then, you ha- if you wanted to watch that show, there were no reruns. There was no DVR. There was no streaming. Like, if you wanted to watch a TV show, if you wanted to watch Happy Days, guess what? You had to sit your ass in front of the TV at 8 o'clock and turn on to ABC or whatever channel it was on to watch the goddamn show. That was it. Yeah. And now it's like TV's so different now because literally any show that you ever want to see, you can just pick up your phone and you can watch it at lunch. You can watch it in bed. You can watch it two o'clock in the morning. It doesn't matter anymore where before it was like they corralled us. They were like, okay, you want to watch this show? Sit right here and watch it. All right. That gave you enough time to think. What, what's your answer? Um, I think that the TV show that, um, what was the name of it? It's the four guys in New York City. And they kind of prank each other. Oh, uh, um, Impractical Jokers. Impractical Jokers. That's probably going to be my number one TV show because this was probably like maybe five years ago when I discovered it. Yeah. And you want to talk about, I remember telling you I was watching that movie, um, uh, the movie when I almost cracked a rib. I almost cracked a rib every time (laughs) I would watch that show. And there's there's a couple where, man, it kills me to this day. And then I I almost fell off the couch one time. I was like holding onto the coffee table because I was was falling. I was laughing so hard and I couldn't couldn't breathe. And, uh, yeah, that would probably be the the, the best, my favorite show. I love it. Yeah, that that show is great because you can tell they're they're truly good friends, good enough friends so that they can put themselves in those situations. And, you know, they got the ear, ear bud in there and they're telling them to do these crazy things. That you would just never do, and and the fact they haven't got like punched or anything else, it's it's incredible. That is, that is a fun show. And well, with reality TV, you you could tell that the the um, the participants that didn't know they were participating weren't actors. You know what I mean? It was real. So that it seems that way anyway. And they just man, their expressions and how they did things. You're right. It was just hysterical. Yeah, I agree. It definitely seems a little bit more authentic, uh, for sure. Well, listen, Mr. Lashuk, you have been a great guest. If you could see my studio audience, they've got big, huge f- flags. They're waving. It says Shooky. They're all excited. Um, let, let's not be strangers. Let, I want to talk to you more recently. I think the last time that we spoke, we had lunch at Grill 28. Um, was it 10 years ago? Close to that. Six years yeah. ago? Long time ago, but uh, let's not be strangers. When all this shit with COVID goes away finally, which it will, you know, let's uh, let's get a margarita, and um, and and we can we can talk about how we're going to get you on TikTok or something like that because there's still time. There's still time to go viral, my friend. That idea that you had so many years ago, it could still happen right now. 
Listen, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It really was uh, my pleasure to have you on, and I hope you have a wonderful evening. You too. Thank you. I had a great time. All right, man. See ya.